This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movie and TV culture. We're still waking up today. It is early. My name is Cal. I'm the deputy editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel. As always, Fraser Tharp, the summer man, is in the building virtually. Yeah. How you, how you doing, man? It's an interesting time. I don't know what else is really on TV that's moving me like this show is. Uh, yeah, in peak TV, a, there's always... It's not that there's no lack of choices, but there's only always still only like one or two that really rises to the crop. Right. Right. It's it's been an interesting journey for this show. I mean, we're talking about Lovecraft, you know. There's, there's some of you out there who uh want us to turn this podcast into a Lovecraft podcast. Hopefully, Yo, you listen to our our episode uh, with Jonathan Majors. What's up? Well, no, just going off that, I got to shout out mm-hmm. there is this woman in I want to say Australia. Okay. Who shows us major love all the time. She shouted out Angel. Oh, really? Which is amazing. But then... That's really good. I was checking through the comments on our recent episode. I love hearing support. Her, her name's like B, B. Keenan on Instagram. Okay. She said, under Jonathan Majors, such a treat for this straight after episode two, adding my vote to a bonus Lovecraft Country recap each week. So Damn. clearly we didn't do that, but hopefully this deep dive <laughs> that, we're, <laughs> that we're going in on the first five, scratching yeah. that itch. Thank you for listening facts pardon us for uh you know and actually hopefully anybody who hasn't been watching lovecraft is caught up because this i do want to point out we are talking about these episodes you know what i mean we we, we've had a good five come in we we, i don't know how in depth we'll go at the end of this conversation but uh we're gonna be talking some shit so if you have not gotten through the first five episodes of lovecraft you might want to hold off on this or at least you know just play it Put it on the lowest volume you can. Let it play all the way through. You know, really, really yeah, give us some Yeah, at least give support. us that rating. And then, and then come back when you're ready. But, um, you know, we're going to come back right after this quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, welcome back. Again, hopefully... In that quick break, you took some time to bone up on uh, HBO's Lovecraft Country because we got some shit to talk. The last time we we, we left off with this show, we uh, were talking about episode two with Jonathan Majors. We teased a little bit of episode three. I think in the first five episodes, episode three is probably my favorite so far. I know f- I really like five. I like what I like the stuff five is playing with but i think as an episode of television three is probably the strongest for me yeah well first welcome because i've been waiting for you to catch up to all these fucking screeners i'm sorry i've been busy yo i mean look look screener life is a lonely life i'm just letting the people know that there's nothing flashy about having screeners when it's a a fun show and got nobody to talk to about it. the game has changed we are not sharing these with our friends you can't you can't you literally can't. can't You, well, they, they like, don't allow it. Even if I it. wanted to risk the Fed time. Right, right. I'm not giving my friends, like, my email. Like, that's just going to happen. Like, <laughs> that's Angel, the thing. You... I'm, like, Angel, I love you, bro, but <laughs> you ain't get my email password. <laughs> You're not getting into the uh, the, the HBO vaults. But, but yeah, you know what it is, again, on the site. I mean, interviewing Hannibal, 
interviewing Anthony Anderson. Ooh, by the time Michael. they hear this, you'll have a, a Lovecraft thing up too with um, yeah, Misha. It, 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 there's been a, a lot of work going, and it's not for lack of you know wanting to watch the show. It's just like I gotta. It's almost like we have to set these appointments to talk about shit on the podcast Fact. to force me to run through these screeners. Uh, life has been crazy, but episode three, Letty, it's it it again. Jonathan Majors, he he broke it down best. He was like, "Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I I had shoot dates, but he had a nice you know, little like, light week on that one." facts i mean it, it, it was it was so he- it's such a heavy letty episode i love the fact because i i don't remember if they said a time frame but i feel like th- it felt like there was some time passed between you know the insanity of the end of episode two and them you know getting settled into chicago yeah. or at least getting to chicago to get settled again i'm telling you like you know i brought this up in our in our interview with jonathan but like the show very much does give me Mad Men vibes in the way that it is depicting the era, which is right. that, you know, a lot. I know you didn't watch Mad Men, but early on, before it like, became a phenomenon, what a lot of people liked about it was it was like the rare period piece where it didn't feel like you were watching a period right. piece. Right. And that's what I like about this one. Yeah, there, there's certain moments, and I mean, there, there's certain times where I'm not the biggest fan of the modern needle drops. You know, it, it's just. <laughs> It's a thing to well, me, but there's there's the, the, one really bad one that we'll get to later. One? But uh, I think I know the, it, it, episode five. Yeah, but what I want yeah, to I say did. first is that too. Another thing, Madman did is that um, you know, you, it's never explicit all the time how much time has passed between episodes. There's like a, right. at least you can always assume like it's been a month, but it, maybe it's been longer, maybe it's been shorter, and you have to pick it up in the context clues. And right. that's what I really liked about this one about episode three, and I also liked how you know. Again, like we talked about this with uh, Super Producer Craig, mm-hmm. three is like such a such a period of like trying to find your footing about what this show's actually doing, yeah. just in terms of style, structure, narrative, and everything. So mm-hmm. it was really fun. I like I like when TV shows don't hold your hand. Right, right. They they well they nailed it and they nailed it in a unique way. It's it's okay. Of course, Letty's going to you know, try and take up solace somewhere, but because of who she is also open up her house to, you know, people in need. Of course, Tick is going to be on some, you know, I got to do, I got to be on some protective type shit while, while also having his own, you know, ulterior motives in the background. But the fact that we're able to still see that. And while we get an episode, that's literally just like white people not yeah. want they don't want black people in this particular stretch of the neighborhood for, I think you said it earlier. It's one of those shows where it really starts to like find its footing. I, I don't want to say it's hitting its stride, but you could tell that like they've set into a groove where like these first two episodes, this is all the crazy shit yeah. that happens in this world. Now that we understand what, what can be at stake, let's settle in and, and really get to the heart of, a lot of these issues that the show was talking about. I want to talk about each episode specifically, but in like in a macro sense, it is always nice seeing the payoff that comes because some of this shit is just like intentionally confusing. And again, that's part of watching a show. Like we talked about how it's similar to Watchmen in that way. And even right. like, you know, all my CW shit, like there's a lot of shades of, uh, like where I'm going with this is the shit with the sheriff yeah. or whoever <laughs> the, the, the cop thingy. Yeah. In episode three, all his shit is confusing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he seems like he knows shit, but he does. It's like, what's going on here? And it's like, these are ghosts that are popping up, but that's the real bad ghost and shit. And then you right. get you get to the other episodes and it reveals how he's all into this and shit. And it's like, oh, all right, you know, this yeah, is this yeah. is the same way the fucking Vampire Diaries would lay out town conspiracies Fact. and shit like this. So it's all it's all really fun. So far, Misha and the, the rest of the team has been really good at rewarding your patience, at least when right. things don't seem hokey. Now, there's still some shit from episode two that I'm waiting, <laughs> that I'm yeah, patiently yeah, well, waiting yeah, they... to really take shape because the the ancestor running out and the thing, like, I still don't know what the fuck that was at all. People, we're talking so far, at least, we've only seen the first five, so we're we're doing this episode as we've gotten to the end of our screener rope, so... There's a, there's at least there's ten in these in the season, right? Uh, yeah, there is ten. So there's a whole back half that we haven't seen. 
the ancestor thing is it because it is proud it's it's the one thing that like we don't really have much in like even in the context of a show that's already this confusing with some of its themes that that segment of episode two where she's just looking at my mans and he's all like like i i i don't know what that was supposed to be a lot but i think it says a lot about how good the pilot was and uh, it says a lot about the pilot says a lot about how you know, black people support black creators, and a lot, a lot about how just fans of TV will support good TV that shows potential. That people, right. a lot of people were vocally unsure about episode two, but they're not giving up the show. No, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, you can tell that they, there's something there, and they've invested a lot into what they're doing. So you're, you're, I was willing to, to, to chill and be like, all right. Let the let, let me get my three episodes in, and I feel like yeah. Well, we have the three, we have the screener, so it's kind of a cheat. It's different when you have to when you yeah. you can't immediately go to the next one because I pretty much did because I'm anti binge. But when I have screeners, it's like you binge those in a night, right? Not a night over the course of like two or three days, but you know, okay. Screeners are work, so at the I get nothing from like pacing them out unless I get them early enough. So. You're you're not wrong, and I mean, and I don't, I usually when I get screeners, I don't normally pace them out. I try and watch them in a in a decent amount of time frame, just because, right. you know, again, the nature of the job. Again, don't want to show you how the sausage is made, but like, there's ideas that you get when you're watching exactly. screeners for you, you know for future for things. That coverage. Again, again, literally what we're doing right now. But um, I think e- even even with that knowledge, I do still give shows three episodes, oh, and I yeah. know you have to. And, oh, I was talking about this with a friend actually. He was asking yeah. me. My, my man Z Money, who has pretty much never watched TV like this in his life. The pandemic has oh, been wow. so fucked up. Intermittent sports, they come back, now they're on strike. He's legit right. just like running through HBO, like, what I like this, what I like this. And I'm like, no, because you don't watch anything, <laughs> but you should try it. So he's texting me about, you know, shit like, I may destroy you and not feeling it. And he's like, well, what's the cap on whether you're like pump faking or giving a show a chance? And I was like, well, it right. used to be like, like when we were coming up, like, if you didn't give a show at least like six episodes, mm-hmm. you're bugging. Now I think with peak TV and there being so many choices and so much glut, I do think three is definitely yeah. like a fair number. Like, it. but again, most shows we say this all the time on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Great pilot is rare, right? And again, most shows still aren't themselves even by episode three. It's all about if you see potential. That, that's I think that's the key. It's the potential because a lot of these shows. I mean, I, I and I will say, three episodes of Lovecraft or three episodes of Watchmen are way different than three episodes of some of these other shows. Like <laughs> I, I, I could, I could know if I'm going to get into a sitcom or not by the first episode. If that pilot doesn't hit me, I'm not going to try and push a regular TV sitcom. Something like like a Mr. Robot. If I'm three episodes in and I'm not like totally jazz i i feel if i feel like i could get into it i'll give it a little bit more but standard for anybody out there whether it's netflix cw whatever give it three episodes if you're not hooked if you know that you want to try and watch a show and you're not hooked by three episodes you're probably not going to be there but again lovecraft is a different show i watching these episodes that i i feel like this is the world that was presented in the extraordinary being episode of Watchmen. This like, How so? it's, it's such a throwback. I mean, we're literally living in the past, but we're seeing a lot of the underside and, you know, like these, and of course the, it's very sinister, but it's also very dark. In Evil Lovecraft, police but, department. Right. Right. And, and just like, I mean, shit, we'll get into, you know, what, uh, the white sorcerer is doing with, uh, with, you know, certain characters and stuff like Bruh. that. Like there, there's just, it, the show takes, we'll, we'll get to there. Episode three, I watched these on the laptop. I said, fuck it. It was, it was a Saturday. So let me put this on, let me beam it to the TV, put the, have it coming out the sound bar. I've been, I've been digging the sound. <sighs> all right. Bar. I'm glad you, well, first of all, what do you, do you have, what do you have? Roku, Apple TV, what? I have a, I have, I have a. A, a TCL Roku TV, so all the apps are in that. Like a I don't know if it's on Roku as well, but uh, screeners again, not to get inside baseball. Screeners dot com, yeah. the app that we watch all this shit on, is now an app on Apple TV. So I don't have to do anything through the computer, which is That's the most amazing. beautiful development ever. But I, I had a similar thing to yours because again, screeners are work. You can't always wait till like the perfect moment. To watch them. Mm-hmm. I was watching episode two during the day. 
mm-hmm. and went to three. And I was watching three during the day, and I was like, this just, is, I have to pause because it's not hitting. Yeah. And like, you know, sunlight glare and everything. Like, this is a real, like, right. haunted house episode. I need to, I need right. to save this till nighttime to really, like, appreciate it. 100%. It, it, it definitely felt like, it, it sounds weird. In terms of, like, a horror, like, a lot of the horror tropes, the jump scares, and, and fuck, again, haunted house and, and, and spirits and shit, this felt like the most horror movie episode i there were there were when letty was in the basement was letty or john one of them was walking through the basement and i'm like nah this sounds too much like a blumhouse thing right now i can't i can't get too deep too deep into this but um even when 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 i'm talking about sounds like one of the biggest things is the white neighbors antagonizing letty's house and one of the things they did you would i couldn't imagine it but it was it was akin to uh the white caps episode of the Sopranos where Tony got so pissed at the guy holding on to his money for that shore house that he, he had his boat driven out right in front of the dude's house and put his whole, his home speaker system on it is blasting Frank Sinatra to just to <laughs> annoy the guy. The way that the, the sound worked with the bricks tied to the, the, the steering wheels. Oh yeah. And it was like six of them out there. And she's go like t- the way they synced it with, we had it with the music and she, cause she starts fucking those cars up with the bass. Like we, back. like we talked, like we talked about with Jonathan, man, journey is really going for it in this episode. Yeah. She brought it. I, I don't know what the, the rest of the se- series holds, but I can't see how this isn't her Emmy submission episode. Right. And right. I don't see how she couldn't score a nomination off that. Yeah, man. I definitely think if we're, if we're spanning the first five, which are, mm-hmm. you know, the public have all seen now. I think three is very clearly the best, strongest episode. Yeah. It is the it is the most overt horror, but I also think, especially once you watch four, mm-hmm. you really realize that literally each episode is going to be a different subset of the sci-fi horror genre. Something, so, uh, uh, it makes me wonder, because four feels like the episodes that's the, that's the closest to what you love. Like that, that, that had mummy. Well, dude, they literally have the mummy soundtrack and I'm the only yeah, person it, who would notice that. <laughs> I hope it's temp music. Otherwise I'll be pissed off. I'll be like, damn, why didn't I make a show and think of that? If it's temp music, it's perfect temp music. <laughs> I kind of hope they, it, 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 it's a, it could, again, watching screeners, it, it, it's hard to be like, cause then they, the email oh, the, clearly dude, states. The, the screeners for, I got to actually, I want to rewatch some of these on HBO max because um, yeah. the ADR and the sound effects, like I get it. I'm glad they made it available to us at the end and of the pre- day. But totally some of them are pretty fucking rough. Three, four, and five screeners seemed more complete. When I watched episode two, it was uh, literally it'll be like, like a whole different nigga voicing in some dialogue. <laughs> Shouldn't attempt dialogue. It, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? It it sounded like they were like, oh shit, get the intern <laughs> to read these real quick so we can send these out. But it also would have like it, they didn't have subtitles, but they would have subtitles for the ADR. It was it, it was it was I don't it wasn't laughable, but like you know you you want to make sure you rewatch oh. completely. Okay, but, you brought up subtitles. That's a great segue for some what I want to get into, uh, which uh, is the tension of the show. So right. I think another reason we're saying episode three works, and you're you've been more generous to episodes two. And, yes. f- and yeah, that's, four, that's which also is definitely more of a like a different a different type of vibe that might put some people off who are expecting one thing from the pilot, right? But right. I do. There's two things. You know, Misha Green has created a show where it's literally unpredictable right. each week, and that is so rare and really mm-hmm. exciting, really cool. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting. But I will say that having watched these five, I really think I. The version of the show I like best is what the pilot presents, which is almost like this, the Jim Crow Buffy. Right. When, you right. know, in a sense that Buffy at least started as a show that used all the horror shit as a metaphor for typical high school adolescent shit. And the pilot is literally called Sundown, about sundown towns featuring monsters that come out after sundown. So, you know, and I think that's why, you know, three is the strongest. You got Haunted House literally while, you know, the white neighbors are are terrorizing them for moving into their neighborhood. I just think, again, that's a much more basic show. Yeah. And she's doing some far upper echelon shit. But even like with episode five, which is the wildest application of that concept, it still kind of just comes back to that. Black people wondering what it's like 
to yeah. be in a white body for a day. I, again, I, I'm never going to diss someone for experimentation. I, 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 the, no, I, I've, of course not. I mean, in, at the end my, of the day, even if some of, the, some of it doesn't work, she's given us both. Right, right, and and I think that that's the key. I uh, I'm almost forty. I'm I, I'm probably one of the oldest people at Complex you, that you guys hear from regularly. In my almost, I guess, like I would say, roughly thirty five years of cognitively like remembering all the television I've consumed, the different genres, I've seen so much of the same shit. Yeah, and Misha being able to take a show that is going to give us some wild shit you what did what did jonathan major say it's gonna be fucking crazy like like if that's gonna be wild as fuck wild as fuck if that was her tagline enough for him to use that as a thing when he's talking about it with us i want her to do that i want to make sure the show is complete and i'm hoping that these first five episodes are kind of again i'm my my i think the goal is to sow these seeds so when we get to that back half of the season it's more, I don't want to say focus, but it's more like a straight path. We know, fuck, this is the end game. These are the things that are going to help us. These are the things that are going to fuck with us along the way. We have to keep mind of that. But I think, I, I'm hoping that's where we're going. Well, the other parts, the reason I launched into this when you said subtitles is because the screeners mm-hmm. don't come with subtitles. Right. And because right. they don't, and because of the ADR and the, and the temp VFX issues, not issues, but that's just how you get certain when you get advanced episodes sometimes. There and again, I watch I, I watch everything, but I consume a lot of genre storytelling. So I'm used right. to all the different beats. I'm used to not knowing shit. Like Watchmen didn't put me off in the way that it put some people off with like them Same. piecing it out. Like I, I love that shit. I I was just, I'm, I'm I'm right on board with you. But even still, you know, with those things, the mythology that the show is getting at, especially in episodes two and four has kind of kept me at a remove right now. Like I'm not really locked into it, and there are points yeah. where it's like, I'm, I'm all, again, I'm like just waiting to rewatch them, uh, the finished episodes, so I could like Fact. maybe pick up on things. Like there's still some things where I'm just like that that are not connecting to me, and I don't even while I appreciate what she's doing with the weird shit, I don't know if I am just fully into the mythology that much, like the spells and the. Yeah. Whatever well, fucking coven club and shit. Like the the sheriff shit is interesting. Yeah. The daughter and and especially the sexism that she yes. experiences is interesting. The way she yes. is as episode five showed us subverting that sexism yeah. is really dope. Word. But you know, like the like honestly, dog, that whole quest in episode four, I was yeah. so fully checked out on. Like I I was. I was checked out of the stakes. Like, when you got those three jumping over, like, a bridge that's disappearing and the, the thing is swinging and shit, that shit is all cool and the mummy music's got me pumped and the elevator, I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. But, like, <laughs> whatever they found, all this map and shit and the, you know, I, the plot well, let, the well, plot let, just doesn't have me yet. Well, and this this is the thing that bothers, because I'm, I'll, let, we'll, we'll fi- I'll perfectly finish up my thoughts in episode three so we can go into episode four. The, I was the one thing I didn't like about episode three and it's small, but like it was kind of like the, the hokiness of that exorcism scene where it's like I, I und- I've watched Tales from the Hood. So I've seen, you know, vignettes where it's like, damn, all these people have been oppressed and here they are. And you see them and they're like all fucked up because you see what America's done to these black people and their ghosts are just like carrying it. I've again seen that before. And I thought it was interesting when, you know, the idea of having uh, of those spirits trapped in Letty's house and she has to free them. And then like, you know, the, the tides that turn after that. But when they were in the, in the circle and they're all, again, there's a lot of fucking like Harlem shaking and doing all this, this in- insanity on the show. And the, the, it's like the little boy who would have been the basketball player. And then he's fucking like six, eight and he's chanting the shit. I was like, uh, come on. But well, they've been sowing seeds for that though. Yeah. They so they, they, you know, he tells the story about the basketball player that came from no, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And then actually, you know, I rewatched the pilot a couple times, and even the dream he has. Fact. Well, he, I Fact. got you, kid. Like they've been so, and was really dope. Again, not to cut you off, but uh, no, again, ahead, just ahead. giving Misha her her props for the laying seeds. 
the shit Anjanue Ellis is talking about, where she reveals her backstory Word. and the astrology shit, they, yeah, yeah. she mentions that in the pilot if you go back. Oh, I'd have to. Yeah, I, I told myself once I once this show is done, I'm going to go back to episode one and run them all through again. So I'm going to I know there's things that I've, I, 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 I did not pick up on. I'd like her character, too. But uh, and because you, you don't normally get. Like her character would usually be the daughter. It would be like the very smart young black girl would be the one that would know what was going on. Having a mother, a black mother being that person and having that type of past. We'll get to in a sec. Having that type of past. I thought, I thought it was, it's a really, it's a really interesting flip. And again, those are the things I I love Misha for doing. I even at the end of episode three, we get through all the exorcism, da, 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 da. And then I love the shot where you ride the elevator with Letty. Oh, that was at at the very end. And then it, cause, cause the, they have an elevator in this house. She lets homegirl leave. They, she gets out and then the elevator closes itself and goes all the way to the basement and you start seeing, you know, these missing neighbors, you know, piling so up good. under there. Now, it's a perfect segue into episode four, but you don't know that at the time. Episode four is, oh shit, Tick is still on this this path. He's not really like communicating with every anybody. Letty gets pissed about that because she really fucks with him. I think we're supposed to believe that he's doing this because he wants he wants to protect her because he really loves her but he's kind of a dick that's like the one dickish part about him as a person in my eyes yeah i mean again you you know the way the elevator links up was really cool it's like i said it's a good aspect of the show of being patient and the show rewarding that patience in a really cool way but it's funny like you say that when like when shorty shows up at the end episode three and tick has Mm -hmm. a face off with her i was kind of like oh I would have liked yeah. if this was just a standalone, but it, it that's that's also dope plotting where it's like it is a standalone, but you circle it back to the narrative in an right. interesting way. So I love that about it, but I just like I'm not into the wizards yet. No, yeah, they got like the, the Lucius Malfoy hair, and <laughs> that that wizard dude is weird. I I he's doing a very good job in that role. I'm just not sure if I like that character or if I'm what I'm feeling about that character right now, but. Because the, the the only thing that I, I love the reveal and for, because I, I realized, I'm like, when she said, oh, shit, I think that was my neighbor. I'm like, oh, I know where they're going. I thought that was cool. But then That's I'm like, fire. like, not, like you said, I don't know if any of that meant anything. Like, you know, the, the plank shit, like it's cool stuff to do. Dude, but I, I watched this episode. Granted, I only watched it once. Shows yeah. like this, you definitely need to give some spend. A couple views. Yeah. I could not tell you right now what any of that was. No, yeah. And no. again, because, um, and I was talking to a fellow critic about this, where it's like, as much as it's a serial narrative, and this was a, uh, this was a person who, uh, she tweeted that she didn't, she tweeted when the pilot dropped, the pilot is the best episode. And she kind of looked mm. crazy while everyone was was hype off, off the pilot. But she, of mm. course, had seen all five and, you know, really didn't like episode two. Didn't. But a point she brought up to me was that she doesn't think that the resetting that the show does works in its favor. And you kind of see that with mm. the way episode four ends with the twist with Michael K. Williams. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't even, because it ended that way, again, it doesn't give you the baggage no. that some shows have, but it's also like, I don't know what any, I don't know yeah. what any of that was. What is the seven, the, the, the Adam shit? I don't, I, like, I can't tell. I don't know what that group like the, is really. Like the, the, the bi-gender thing, like it, the, the. Episode five turns Reanimated. Episode of, well, like, I, look, I, I was, that was some real mummy shit. I did like. Not even. It was it, like it, Pirates just, of the Caribbean. No, that's probably a better. That's probably a better thing, especially when her her power was just screaming at people. Yeah, dude, I like. The, I didn't remember that. You see, you just watched it. It's fresh in your mind. Like I was like, I was sitting there watching the screen. Like, what the fuck is this? No, yeah, it, I, I was. I was trying to think of what would have caused that type of commotion because there was a lot of motherfuckers in that room just chilling. But and I, I still don't really know. I know something happened to her. I know. And I mean, again, like this is a long game kind of thing, so we could be shut the hell up over the over six to ten. But right now, it supports my claim that the show is weakest when it's trying to do this very involved, complicated mythology. 
that is sometimes yeah. just a little throwing a little too much at the wall for for different sake. There wasn't much of that at all in the first episode, and it was so it was such a big part of episode two. I wonder if they had sprinkled some of that in earlier or at the very least least gave you a better explanation for some of these things earlier on no i think the pilot works because it um does a lot to center you in the time period and the characters i think right. if the pilot wasn't 75 percent 1955 period piece that got you into you know all the shit all letty's beef with her siblings word takes family drama all that shit then when you get an episode like two i think the that that's when the audience has less reason to stay but the pilot right. already invested you so much in the uh, emotionality of everything and the character really strong one well no that no just that it, that's what that's the foundation you need like that's yeah. why i never really uh had the, as much of a problem with lost as mm-hmm. as some people did because at the end of the day they did the work to make me at least still care yeah. about everyone that was going through stuff a lot of these shows ha- they throw the most complicated plots at the wall but you don't even care yeah, I think that that was my thing with Ruby Lee before we got into, you know, her situation. I she was I she, great singer and I know she, I know there was the beef in episode 3 when, you know, she finds out about the money for the house or whatever, but I didn't feel like I I, I did not this is the, this is the fun, this is the funny thing. At the time that I did the press junkets, people mentioned during the last interview, they mentioned spo- things that were spoilers to me because at the time I hadn't been able to get all the way through all, all, all those episodes at the time. I, re- I vaguely remembered one spoiler that they told me when I was watching, but I didn't realize the person that they were talking about, which was Ruby, because she had, like there wasn't enough impact for I love her that. early on. I love when a show has a deep bench. Again, this is something else, you know, Mad Men did great. And when it's a way it's like, you know, you get your protagonist, you get the people around him that you're going to see a lot of in pretty much each episode. But then as the season goes on, you start spinning out to the other characters and everyone gets their spotlight episode. Like even, even in four with the goon dude from the pilot who you, Mm -hmm. you could tell was like a bully back in the day. Like, even him showing up again, it, like, really builds, like, a fully realized world where everyone knows each other. And there's room to shade all these different characters who at first just seemed like supporting people that, you you know, were never really going to invest that much in. The one thing I forgot to mention in Mm -hmm. episode four, the one thing you didn't tell me about episode four is you're you're in episode four. They were in in the library... Your man's is trying to figure out where he's he's trying to go on his journey. <laughs> Letty comes in and wants to start beefing and she and he's like, Look, I'm doing all this research. She's like, Bet, let's see. Cause she's pissed. She's slamming the table, da 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 da. Fraser's across the, the bench. He said, Shh and looked at him, picked up his book and walked to the across the room. It but it was it but again, I I grabbed a screenshot to make fun of you. You know I get these checks. But when I got the perfect screen grab because you get to see the book he was reading was Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. Which the show is, wears it, its influences on its sleeves, which is dope. I have no problem with that. Once my man once they figured out the shit and the and, and like they find the, the, the one part of the vault and you see how fucking deep it is and they drop the I'm like, yeah, I've seen this movie before, but I want and, and again that that's why I champion it because you don't get to see it with like black folk or like non like like I don't want to say Jonathan Majors is the new Brendan Fraser, but like he was down there commanding that that trip like a boss. Sidebar, you know I actually used to pose for children's books back in the day. Wait, what? I'm taught I'm like, taught across all fourth grades right now. Wait, wait, wait. You pose what do you mean you pose for children's books? I was books? like the subject for animated kids' books. There's a book on Martin Luther King and I am young MLK. <laughs> And it's taught, it's, uh, it, it, at least it was, it, my, my aunt's a teacher and she was like, yeah, we teach your book across third grade. <laughs> we teach your book is amazing. Across the city. That's fucking I'm in like two, listen. Do you have, I would love to see, like, does it, it looks like you or they just like kind of wanted to yeah, get it's sizing? Yeah, nah, it's hilarious, bro. It's. Damn. So it's yeah, probably like the, the sh- one, it's probably like the one piece of ether like James and and Angel and them have never gotten on me have. yet. 
<laughs> but it well, is shit. out there. It is. I got to find it. I'll, I'll, we'll, I won't. I won't figure out the title here. But we'll, I'm going to try and find. I'm going to hunt for this book. No, the other thing that was happening in the episode that ties in perfectly in the episode five is Ruby's awakening, which is, is yeah. which sounds bright, but it's actually pretty fucking dark. You know what I love about this show? I think I might have been talking to Gene about this. Mm-hmm. And he actually had stopped the screeners because uh, he just couldn't deal with the, the temp VFX and shit. And that makes he's sense. Like, he doesn't really cover it, so he's less pressed to have to watch it. I love a show that's sci-fi where it doesn't do the tedious thing of people learning that they're sci-fi. Like, especially, like, you know, in episode three, Tick and Letty's reaction to the horror shit is so great because it's like, yeah, with the shit they've seen... This is just happening. Even if it wasn't the exact brand of shit, once you see that, anything's possible. Facts. No and so fact. many other shows would tediously make people still be like, what? what? Yeah. And, and it, but this is also fun. I mean, again, I mean, again, not to cut you off, but you mentioned the part about having such a deep roster. They do so much in every episode that you're able to spend enough time during each episode to kind of take people through the steps without yeah. having to give them a dissertation. At the but beginning. even like for Ruby, like it wasn't like a tedious... Right. right, like uh, like her coming to terms with everything. Like it, it she was, was shocked, and then she got it. Well, I, I, I think, and again, I think what the, it's a brilliant thing that one of the brilliant things they're doing in the show. The pacing of that is is done really well. You get the bomb. She gets the bomb drop, yeah. which kind of twists her head around. So she's already in, and she's in a mind state where it's like. I don't know, like, fuck everybody. Nobody's really here for me. I, I can't, I'm a black woman in the world. There's only so much I can do. And I can't even have my family's back when, you know, they're getting into something and they're, they're whatever. She gets a little lit. She, the, the fucking sorcerer dude is plying her with drinks. And then they start to have a whole relationship. But I'm just like, damn, she's really smashing this dude. She's really smashing this dude. And then, and, but, but it's like, that's it. You know, for episode four, you 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 get that those seeds sown. Starting episode five with a frantic white woman. That shit was crazy. Waking up in a bed, knowing something's wrong, and then her and the viewer realizing around the same time that that was the black woman sleeping with the sorcerer. That's- I also really love. Any type of show that has magic where it has like consequences. I hate the yeah. easy spells that just like this. Like, yeah, the idea that she's literally molting. Facts. You know, you, Facts. You, you know what I also got to shout out and talk about Frasier's formative influences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also really good shades of uh, Smallville. Yeah. Which yeah. For its first season, at least, maybe first two, also did a really interesting, basically just kind of ripping Buffy off. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the whatever villain of the week was some kind of uh, reflection of, you know, teenage adolescence and your body changing and all that gotcha. shit. Mm-hmm. The idea that she is literally, like, molting back yeah. and forth was, is a really fun idea that gives it some, like, real weight and consequence. It felt like, like, you could... You and also made just a gross out factor. It's, I mean, it, there's some scenes, the scenes where she was, uh, she left the interview... With the manager, she's like in the yeah. catacombs, and yeah. the, I guess she was going in some like freight elevator or something, and just, just nasty. It rem- like it gave me shades of the fly. I never saw the original fly, but I did see the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, and that yeah. was disgusting. But also, I mean, because outside of her physically being able to change back and forth between races. But also be like, like again, having to go through those grosser elements and doing it. If the case study, the there's a, there's a there's a comic book where uh, Lois Lane has to do a story about the black experience. This is old, so the whole comic she was a black woman and like living uh, life as a black what? woman. <laughs> yeah, it happened. It's, it's it's not a good comic at all. It's actually, it's actually pretty fucking racist. But uh, it reminded me of that. But it also like it more more. What so, year was this? This was this was old. This might. I've never like, heard of this. That you never heard of Lois Lane turning into a black horrible. Woman? Yeah, let me let me pull up the the, the it's might I want to say the sixties. It might have been the seventies. Black woman. Yeah, it, she was a black woman. She had like a whole yeah. This is bad. What year was this? Lois attempts to be black for this was the seventies. This was the seventies. Okay, that's right on the cusp of it being like a how is this acceptable? 
Yeah, like, if you told me 80s, I'd be like, damn, niggas was really fucked nah, up. This was definitely the 70s. I think it's called <laughs> Superman's Girlfriend Lois Lane is the title of the comic. This is issue 106. The title is I'm Cu- I Am Curious, parentheses, black, exclamation point. That's the title of the of the that's like right on the front of the book. This was November of 1970. So, well, yeah. you know, but, it's a very interesting concept to present, especially in the, uh, you know, representation and pro-blackness has seemingly at least never been higher, never been more prevalent, especially across television Mm -hmm. and media. It's interesting to to put that out there that, you know, a a person at that time would maybe enjoy a little bit and get into that mindset of that thing. And I think it's, this obviously was the one where I was like, oh, I cannot wait to see what the public reaction to this is because it is going to be divisive. Right, right. I think people are going to have some issue with it. I think, you know, I only watched it once. I want to watch it again. Right, yeah, I think I'm going to have to rewatch it. That one wasn't too bad on the effects, I don't think so. It was pretty, sh- I mean, shit, they have to go through that whole, because because the idea is, if again, for the, for the people that watched some of the earlier episodes, the monster shit, some, I, it grows in cows. They were like using cattle and other animals. <laughs> And the sorcerer dude's idea is maybe we grow these things out of people. So there, there's that whole scene where he like she she after she leaves after she realizes she's a, a white woman she she leaves the house she's being brought back by the police and like there, you can see like shit crawling under her skin. Oh yeah, I didn't know where it was going with that. I thought I definitely thought she was dead. I was supposed to be like, oh fuck, that's yeah, I, that's brutal. I love it. I, I was going to feel so bad if I got that invested in Ruby and then like 10 minutes into an episode, she wasn't. <laughs> that would have been fire. But uh, seeing it, it, her coming back and the way she's able to be used is is a really dope use of that. Character. I do wonder, I was watching it and, and there's no right answer to it, mm. which is the best part. But, you know, I was wondering, like, especially watching her interactions with the, um, the other black store clerk, you know, I was wondering, like, is this how she would behave. It's interesting. And it's well, very tricky. Like, there's a lot of, like, resentment there. It's, well, and I, th- I think that's that's the key, because normally you would think... But that felt honest. It, exactly. Like, no, the, the normal idea would be like, oh, I'm a black person, I'm living as a white person. I would know how to interact with, especially, like, in the Jim Crow era, I would, because she tries that. She tries to do the, you know, when she starts feeling homegirl out, to see why she got the job that she wasn't able to get. And she realizes that this woman probably wasn't as qualified as she should have been. Just like had had a better look to her. She gets, she, she's that much more. Like she was already, she'd been enraged for a while, but that just set her off more. It's, it's, it's because I mentioned the Lois Lane thing because I just thought about it. But realistically, this feel that setup feels like a Twilight Zone episode. And, you know, I, I guess there was room for... I would rather be tricky and honest with her than be, like, some, you know, preachy, kind of just reverse crash element, like... Right. What it's like to live, you know? Well, because... It could have been hokey. Whatever your problem... Whatever people's problems that they may have with it, it definitely wasn't hokey, I don't think. And I'll, I'll say this. I, I imagine every black person in watching something like this and then being like... Well, what would you do if you if you had the ability to completely change yourself into a white person at will and live your your life through that time, especially a time in like that, this, in that era, yeah, in that era, would like you? I think everybody would say, yeah, I would, I would try and you know, I would set up this and I would help the black people that I knew because I know what it's like. But you don't know. You would it, it, absolute power. It, it can can it can corrupt everybody. So I there's going to be some folks who might. They might be the one white ally who sets up a school for a particular city before, you know, their time is gone. There's going to be some who are like, yo, these credit card scams is going to be a lot easier if I can go into this bank as a white dude or whatever. And then they, you know, the, it, you don't know what people are going to do. So it, it's it's a, like I think honest is the best way to look at it. Given where her mind state was, being able to see her react realistically I- as that character was key. What I liked about this episode too is that after so many episodes showing the um, like the straightforward evils of uh, white people towards black people at this time, I like that this show got in more into the the fetishization right 
aspect that was there even as early as then, which you know they were like, oh, let's go to the let's go to the South Side, let's go to the yeah, clubs, yeah. or even or even the idea that Ruby could like like it was no problem for her to pass as a white woman. Then immediately she's like, yeah, I lived in Maine, and he's like, oh, where? And she has to like quickly turn out of that because she, it's shit she doesn't know about. Yeah, well, th- yeah, but there's that, but it's even like you know just. You know, the oppression that there's there, but then they still want to go lamp in the black clubs and make facts, everyone facts, uncomfortable, but feel like they're, like, doing something adventurous. Yeah, they, they, like, they don't was... want to, they don't want to call them niggers, but they will, like, be like, oh, you're, you're dancing well enough to be on the black programs. Like, you know, yeah. they, they, they want to have, they want to feel that sexy black vibe, but not live the life. I will say, you know, we talked, we, we hinted at this earlier, the anachronistic needle drops are interesting what is some shows uh, some songs are too ubiquitous this would have been bad even if the show was set in 2020 i i don't want to say the needle drop because i want to know i want to know if what you're about to say you already know you already know like there's no like bodak yellow at this point is so ubiquitous so great song but on the verge of played out and that moment is so on the nose I didn't like. Like, it. I didn't like it. I didn't like that. B- one. Bloody shoes. No, it was bad. And that was, moment was it the most. Good. I wasn't a fan. Ham-fisted, I, like. And my, this is after, uh, Shorty was driving the whip throughout through the streets. Uh, was it episode four? To bitch better have my money. Yeah. It, it was like it See, looked. I'm, I blocked that one out. It looked cool because she was whipping, but like I'm listening to the song. Like there was the the, the I called the shot song line makes sense, but they only used it once. The rest of it was just bitch better have my money. I don't know. I, I, there I, is again, an some... art to music supervision, whether you're yeah. doing a time period show, a period piece, or some contemporary shit. No matter what, Thanks. and Thanks. I think one of the key rules in it is not to be too literal right. with the drops. Or at least, if you're gonna do it, be winking about it. There's, there's some good try- ones. If they were trying to wink with this one, that was a bad with one. bloody shoes. While there's literally bloody shoes. No, you don't need to do that. I think, also, I wasn't I, like again. You know, it really like you said. I'm glad you said rage because she is a really enraged character. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know if the you know obviously the guy was a piece of shit, but she went a little. OD on them. Yeah. I was like, uh, that, that, again, that's that power. You, nobody knows what they would do if they could do that. For people that aren't up on needle drops, like a, a sidebar, what are some of your favorite? Like, what what shows do you think capture the the art of the needle drop? Well, I would say anything like I want to say Breaking Bad, but I really think Better Call Saul has the better music supervision. Super producer. Craig, Craig said the, the Americans. Americans. I only watched two seasons of the Americans. I got to get back to that. But the Americans opened with like Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. So uh, gotcha. I will co-sign that just off that strength. Word. Yeah, man. They, they missed the mark on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, I would say I shout out Collider. I wrote a piece for Collider a while ago where I talked to uh, Vince gilligan and the music supervisor i actually talked to the people that do the score as well and just this was years ago maybe like four or five years ago and it really opened my eyes to just the art i think um stephanie robinson who does the stuff on like atlanta they're doing good work you know picking like like the teddy perkins episode like the stevie wonder songs that are chosen there specifically like lyrically my first profile scott venner Facts, facts. The go to this shit, and then even, you know, you want to take it to, like, uh, Shorty on Euphoria. Yes, yeah, Euphoria is doing great work as well in terms of... And and that's a good mix of old and new, or at least, like, old and and more recent. And again, like, I... Euphoria was interesting because it's a show that's so centered on the now, but they still have a lot of, like, real throwback drops. You know. Great call, and a lot of the beginning, like the memories in the beginning of episodes, and they would tell somebody's origin. Then the music selected. I've been thinking of rewatching Euphoria. Actually, I want to. I want to watch it before. Uh, I kind of want to watch it before award season. It'd probably be a good binge right now. It's been a, it's been about a year. Yeah, it's always good to to rewatch something when you haven't seen it in a while and you don't remember like the specifics. Right, just right. kind of the broad I, strokes. The majority of the end of that show, that show is really cloudy. Um, but I, I did want to point out there was one needle drop that I liked at the end of uh, episode four 
when Montrose does his thing to uh, the mummy lady, they played Sinner Man, which I thought was just like that, like Nina Simone Sinner Man. It's a very good song. Oh, well, you might not have caught that. That's actually the end credit song for each I, I, episode. Still, I, I, I love that song being used on the show. And I, yeah. I think it, it, it stuck. That's probably why I noticed it more because I think that thing happening at the end of episode four. That, yeah, that that's song cool. it, it, it stuck it, it it hit different for that one because I, I, I honestly didn't even notice that it was the end credits song on some of the other episodes so uh you know shame on me but i think that one that was a really good moment there just to kind of bring this towards a close is the idea that this is an anthology season i i don't know if we're if there's even been talk of a season two so i think it's it's hard for me to think about lovecraft country outside of these episodes it could. This could very well be an anthology series. If, yeah, it can they, go both ways, you know. And especially when you think about a guy like Jonathan Majors, who's really just at the beginning of his career. Right. We think about Journey, who's blowing up. You know, those type of those types of people at this point in their careers love to do something with a little less commitment. Right. Right. It's 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 a beautiful thing for for a ten episode stretch, but trying to get two or three seasons out of it. Again, we're talking to Jonathan. Jonathan's already in you know, Santa Fe working on a Western, like he's not, you know, trying to go back to. But, you know, as we've seen, you know, even with like Atlanta, even even after stars blow up from their show, they, they still do what they can to make it work. So it could, a season two could, with the same characters could definitely work. But, you know, I'm just thinking in the broad strokes of like, all right, what do we want to see from six to 10? Six to 10, I, I really want an end game. I, 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 not so much the Watchmen, because the one thing I didn't like as much about the Watchmen, it was it, at the end of the day, it was still just some some light being shot up into the sky to do some shit. That was that was the, the Avengers. The movie. Avengers. That was, <laughs> that was the Avengers. So um, I I want there to be like shows the, like this can't help but have a, a climax. The world has that to is be anticlimactic. It, it's it, got you know, it's got to be something. It always the, boils down to some simple shit. What's the the because we don't know what the like the plan. In terms think, of sorcery and black people and white people, like I don't know what exactly. I that think is. just spinning off of your point, I just need to be. I need an episode that is going to invest me in this mythology as much as I'm invested in the characters. Right, that's a good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. Because right now, like I really, and this is so rare for me. Like I, the fact that I can't even tell you what the fuck happened on that boat. <laughs> like, I am just not interested in this shit yet, and yeah, I really yeah. want some that kind of. And, of and again, you know the way she does. Like, you, there's all types of ways you can get. You can get an episode that's just about Shorty Sorceress mm-hmm. from her point of view. That's like you know uh, goes back. You know how Lost used to do that shit, right? Like mm-hmm. a Richard episode or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's all types of ways you could get that shit, and I think you know, I watched the pilot again on TV, so I saw the, the coming attractions. Shows way more shit for Anjanue Ellis that's coming up. Oh, okay. So there's all types of ways that she could that she could give us a really dope episode that, again, like I said, rewards our patience with this shit. So I just really hope that that's coming. And I, you know, I want to see more. Again, like I said, it, it looks like she's been doing off and on mythology, and then more standalone thing that's a race, flip of race relation type stuff. Racism is the monster. Yeah, you know, I think one or two more episodes of that, especially if we're only getting these characters for this season, would be would be cool. Facts, yeah. Or I mean, because there's always I I don't want to say go full True Detective where it's a totally different cast, or but you could do tease out more like what they were doing in True Detective season three, where it could I I love when it's a different story, or at least a bunch of different characters, and then it ties into everything like you think it's going to be one way but it's actually you know a different way of of heading it up like if if we had a new set of people living in this in in this established world who are like the descendants of a atticus and facts or like it's stuff that's going on and then like episode four it's kind of like those two saw movies that when you realize at the end of the second one that they were both happening concurrently oh yeah like at like at some point there's another group of people with a totally different mission that kind of just like run into that would be cool letty or atticus or something like that and then it becomes its own thing like you know there's a lot of things that misha could do and again based off of all the stuff she's cramming into season one you know i imagine her ideas for you know whatever you know the show would become afterwards would be intense intense yeah li- again literally no way to even predict 
All right, so I'm looking at the episodes coming up. Yeah. So episode 10 is called Full Circle, which Makes is sense. a promising title. Yeah. The one before that is Rewind something, which Rewind again kind of kind of hints at what I what I would hope is like a, a episode that goes back and like kind of centers all right. this plot shit from a different perspective or whatever. Facts. Episode eight is called Jigaboo, which I only have high hopes for. Wait, not Jigabobo. <laughs> what? Jigabobo. Even better. Even better. <laughs> like again, that like like I said, Black Buffy, Jim Crow Buffy. That episode, I need that to be like some a real clever flip of some uh, racist trope with horror trope. Facts. Some 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 tap dancing with some some like somebody's tap dancing, but when they tap dance, like people start dying or some shit like I that. I don't even know, but see, the <laughs> the possibilities for it to just be that show are endless. Yeah, yeah, I think e- either way. It's uh, it's not great for horror on television right now, so I think a show like Lovecraft that can add those elements in with everything else, you're, you're doing right in my book, Misha. And well, by the time by the time people hear this, uh, Bly Manor is going to be popping up. I, again, screen well, talk the, about the screens I've not gotten into. Well, you know what? I got I got a fucking I paid the price for trying to be early on that nigga. Oh, that's right. I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> Wait, so you you tried to watch episode one, and what episode did you watch? Well, again, like you, like I was saying with the haunted house of Lovecraft, it's like, damn, I need to watch this at night, right, to really get the vibes. It was like one in the morning, just me up. I was like, damn, you know what? Let me turn all the lights out and, and fuck with Bly Manor because I really liked Haunting of Hill House. I think Hill House is one of the strongest Netflix shows they've ever produced. It was amazing. It was, shouts out Victoria Pedretti. Especially when you don't, like, to me, like, I don't give a show like you, I was arguing with this with my uncle, and, you know, Scorsese movies or, like, a show like you that they bought, I don't attribute that win to Netflix, really, because it's like, right. they just kind of bought it. 100%. Know? Bly Manor, I pressed play on our joint screener account. Right. No one had been to it before. No. I just went to the show, I didn't, I, I pressed one button. And I'm expecting, since it's there, no one's touched it, it's going to take me to one. And I'm not like an idiot. Yeah. I didn't realize until the end, I'm like, wait, what's happening here? (laughs) And I realized I just watched the eighth episode of this shit (laughs) because episode eight is a a believable first episode. I I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. It starts with a scene, so I'm like, oh, this is like some, you know... And media rest shit. They're gonna. They, they got me pumped with some shit, and they're gonna show how we got here. Right. Then it's a fucking flashback episode. Oh And shit. I'm thinking like, is it the whole episode flashbacks? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a bold choice to start the season in in the the 1600s. Like, why? why they... This this show definitely takes but, place. I mean, it's like in the 1980s or something, right? Yeah, but the first scene is in the 1980s. Yeah. So I'm thinking, and then the shit is connected, so I'm like, oh, all right, this is how they're going to connect here. This, and, yeah. Oh, this is going to be crazy when they bring this in. And then I'm like, getting to the end, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. And then I, I, pull, I pull the shit up, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That's uh, So have you gone I back? Was, not yet. I mean, obviously I will. Again, it, it, was, it was less of an episode that kind of spoiled things okay. for me than just maybe gave me the context for things got you, got you. fingers That's crossed what, anyway I, I hope you didn't learn some crazy shit that like would have been i have a high hopes show. for it yeah regardless that at least i didn't watch but it, it was an it, it was annoying because it's like any other time you would realize oh i clearly clicked something wrong facts but i don't, I don't know i don't know what how that because i've i've not I, I don't even have that logged into my TV Netflix account that's only on my laptop and here's the fucked up thing i wasn't that into the episode the the period piece shit mm. a little bit so i was like at there were certain points i was like man i kind of just want to get back to watching the sopranos right now i just like <laughs> i just watched christopher you know wait, wait before we get out of here where are you at right now in the sopranos you you in season Christ- three four i just watched christopher which so I, I, I sometimes i go back and read the emily vanderwerf's av club mm-hmm. those are good reviews because i just like to see i like to see what critics thought about things Right before you know this recap culture was popping and shit, but some of her reviews are kind of like insufferable because I'm I'm rewatching the show, but a lot of it is new to me because mm-hmm. I never actually went back and rewatched it in earnest Word. until now. Mm-hmm. So for twenty years, you uh, the, the Christopher episode hit me really hard when it when I first watched it. Well, 
she does things where it's like she they AV Club used to do this thing where it's like reviewing an old show but from a perspective of it airing just now. Right. So mm-hmm. they're not supposed to write with an eye towards like what's coming or what opinion was this and that. But she can't help but do that, which always mm-hmm. annoys me. She's like, Oh well, you know, this is the best needle drop that the show will ever do, technically, and this season did this and that, and I'm like, What the fuck? Like, you know, yeah, you're kinda yeah. like coloring her opinions onto it before I can like form mine. Word. So she had been talking about how Christopher is like one of the worst episodes, really? even back in fucking her season two reviews. And I okay. got to it, and it had been the first time I saw it again in years. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe back when she wrote this, it seems heavy handed. But now when you after like the Native American right. thing that popped off in D.C. Mm-hmm. and all this shit, this shit is like oddly prescient you know, you know a, a lot of that a lot of that show was ahead of its time in terms of those themes it, it, even, or it just kind of shows you that those themes are it, it's not that they're ahead of its time it's that they're eternal which is kind of fucked up that's the other thing because I, I mean, and again we, we this is not a political podcast but it is funny to see i don't want to say what causes get championed but it's like a lot of people champion the cause because it's what's going what's being talked about right now yeah the, there's stuff that has that happens that has been happening, and I think it's always interesting when when you do something like that. When you look back, what 18, 19 years at a show that is it's nobody really is still like. I feel like the timeline wasn't talking about Christopher Columbus and Native Americans and Columbus Day until like the last five years. That where it's yeah. been like a real time, even at the time the, of this the Jay-Z episode dropped, that the only Christopher we acknowledge, you know. When this episode aired, this was the first time I'd ever like even thought, "Damn, Italians must really fuck with Columbus Day." Like that was never yeah, even a concept I, in my mind. I fucked with it, and I think you know it's a widely criticized episode. I think at least among the critical elite, but I didn't find the script that heavy-handed. I thought like I was laughing when Hesh is on their side, but then Hesh gets mad at dude. Comparing it to the Holocaust, because right. you know, it, it yeah. brought in all aspects of how, you know, there's common ground and in, in race discussions, but then there's always kind of at odds. 100%. When you mix in the things. And I fucked with it. And, of course, you know, Tony is the through line where it's just kind of, uh, he can't fuck with any of it. It's hilarious. Wait, wait but, so th- this was also the episode where Bobby Bacala's wife got killed? Yeah, and again, it's again rewatching when you haven't seen and you don't. You only remember the broad strokes is so great because the whole time I'm watching, you know, obviously I remember Bobby being with Janice, mm-hmm. and I forgot how we got there. That's the start of it. That, yeah, with, with, with the fucking ZDs and the in yes, the, yes, the yes, freezer yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's really dope to come around to that. But you know, it is fun to read those reviews because it gives you context of things that were going on. Like you know, obviously this is the, the first season post nine eleven and. Uh, you know, right, the yeah. Pauly yeah. being in jail was actually because uh, Tony Sirico had uh, back problems, so had to limit his uh, screen time. So it's fun to get all those little backstories about. I remember them bringing up September 11th in a, in the first or second episode, like that. That was Carmela never said it, but her thing was kind of like, "Look at the fucking TV. Look at what's happening. Yeah. We need the, the 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 whole onus of the season is everybody's scrambling because." motherfuckers ain't getting the money tony got the money but he's trying to figure out ways to to lay that shit low with carmella really fuck and it's also the context of it being the longest break within the show and kind of how david chase is famously one of the most ornery showrunners and he always really resisted the idea of giving you giving the audience what they want like you know the gratuitous violence and, and just mob intrigue and shit so it's almost, it almost like makes his season premieres feel like a troll. It was sometimes. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. I'm always I've always been a patient person. I think I've always prided myself on being a patient person, and I I never got the idea of people being pissed because they had to wait for something. The last thing I think anybody should with good art with quality, you shouldn't be like, yeah, you guys ended in May. You better be here in fucking September. You can't pull off. 13th episodes of the Sopranos. Well, again, but you got to give it. You got to give it the context of the time, though. Like at this time, May to September was still really the norm. Trust the me, Sopranos was one of the only popular cable shows. Back, back. so the I, cable I was, hiatus was still new to a lot of niggas. I, I, and and my own, my only 
comeback is that that season three was fire, right? You want fire like that? You gotta wait. You gotta let that. You gotta let a David Chase incubate. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that on myself sometimes. That sometimes I don't want to rush a piece if I'm not feeling it. And if I wait a day or two when I'm really in the zone, that shit gonna be ten times more fly. When well, it's so I say all we say we went into the Sopranos digression just because I was gonna like, I was saying like I'm enjoying mm-hmm. watching this so so much almost as if it's new where I wasn't really pulled into Hill House or whatever the new Bly shit Manor, is called. Yeah at first and i was gonna turn it off mm-hmm. at which point i would have seen oh i'm in the middle of episode fucking eight but i was like no that's ho shit you stuck the let me let, let, let me not quit let me just sit through the episode and then what do i get for my for my virtue spoiled you're a trooper fraser fraser tharp you are a trooper <laughs> i think that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode uh, i appreciate everybody who made it all the way to this point if you're watching lovecraft country shouts out to you let us know what you think in the comments at complex pop on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you're thinking on whatever podcast app you're checking us out. If you're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, whatever, wherever you listen to watch less every Wednesday, when it drops, you should be on there liking, commenting, reviewing. Cause that's, if you're not commenting on Instagram or Twitter, I don't know what you guys want to see. I remember People like the, the biggest critiques, the most important critiques are the ones I'm seeing on an Apple podcast. Those are the things that are hitting us directly. So whatever, if, if, if you love it and you think nothing's wrong, if there's things you think could be better for the show, whatever it is, rate us, comment, review. We'll figure it out, you know, after we see it. Um, for Fraser Tharp, I am Cal advising you as always to tune in. We're still wearing masks. Six feet. Just stay the fuck home. Stay home, watch some shit, and then come back to this podcast every week because we'll talk about the shit. Tune in and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Our associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Our editor is Tyler Boltheis. Our production manager is Chancel Correa. Talent Booker is Anthony Allred. Our junior booker is Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. Senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch less is a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Look at that. We went so over, but I'm fine with it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.